You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and DraftKings Sportsbook. And this offseason for the Saints continues to get more entertaining, more wild. Um, There have been signings left and right. It turns out a team that people have been begging to sign LSU products were not doing for a while, and now they're coming in bulk because this week, the latest former LSU star to join the New Orleans Saints is none other than than Jarvis Landry. And this one checks off the boxes for so many reasons. We've thought about this idea of the Saints bolstering the receiving corpse even more, and for good reason. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But for the Saints, this, this is an absolute home run in terms of taking that next step, right? We've been talking about them going for it. Reasons why they got an extra first-round pick and went with Olave and Trevor Penning. Why they went out and signed a Tyra Matthew. Why they stuck with a Jameis Winston. They feel like they can win right now, which actually makes a ton of sense because we're looking at a team that last year throughout all the injuries throughout all the COVID issues they were able to win nine games they were able to sweep the Buccaneers they were a Rams collapse away from making the playoffs and that was without Michael Thomas that was without Teron Armstead that was without Ryan Ramchick that was without a lot of really really good football players so the logic is totally there and Jarvis Landry coming into the fold now makes this offense I would say twice as scary as it would have been without him. And I'll talk about it in just a brief second. Before I do that, just want to remind you guys with DraftKings partnering up here with Buku Media, there's a chance for you guys to really, really profit off that, especially next week with the PGA Championship. You can bet $5 on any person competing in the field on a, on a first-round matchup, who will win. And even if you lose that bet, $5, they give you $100 in free bets using the code Boot, that's all caps. So go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Check it out. Win yourself some money. But you know what's going to win you some money? The Saints, hopefully, this fall. And that's because of this signing. Now, look, when the Saints drafted Chris Olave, I was I was thrilled about it. I thought Chris Olave gives them a boundary receiver. He gives them another weapon. He gives them that guy who can stretch the field. And that is all true. And I'm so thrilled that the Saints went out and drafted Chris Olave. But in the back of my mind, I, I kept thinking to myself, and I'm not alone in this thinking, that, hey, are the Saints going to be okay if, God forbid, Michael Thomas does have to miss time or if Michael Thomas isn't all pro Michael Thomas anymore? Maybe he's still a damn good wide receiver, but he isn't the elite of the elite. That's a question worth asking. And I think now with Jarvis Landry in the fold, the the benefit of having him on your roster is that let's say Michael Thomas isn't the great Michael Thomas anymore. He's still a good receiver, but he's not an offensive player of the year receiver. Well, guess what? Jarvis Landry is going to take a lot of the pressure off him. He gives you another receiver who can, A, go over the middle of the field. He can make great catches in traffic. He can really work on third down. And I think for Jarvis, you look at his production last year, you'll see a little bit of a drop-off. I I think it's two things, A, injury-related, B, tough quarterback situation. So I'm feeling a great, I'm feeling really good about this move. And it's pretty funny. You guys talk about it. This receiving corps, look at it last year. I mean, Marquez Callaway had to be wide receiver one sometimes. Deontay Hardy had to be wide receiver one sometimes. Those guys, if the rest of the receiving corps stays healthy, they are never going to have to sniff being wide receiver one or two because the current depth chart at this point is most likely Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. You slot in maybe Traquan or Marquez Callaway at four, maybe Deontay or the other one at five. I mean, you're talking about a receiving chart, a depth chart now where you're one, two, and you're three from last season. They're now your four, your five, and your six. Uh, that That's the glow up of the century for the New Orleans Saints. 
And that type of move, that's the one you make where a lot of you fans are going to be confident right now. And I'm not even blaming you for being confident because if you think about the way this offseason's gone, right, the Saints had so many moments where if they really wanted to hit the reset button, they could have done it. Lost Marcus Williams, lost Teron Armstead, Sean Payton stepped down. I mean, there were hints there where, hey, look, if they wanted to kind of take their foot off the gas and reload in terms of future assets, reload in terms of cap space, they could have done all that stuff. They absolutely could have done all that stuff. But guess what? The Saints said no. They said, we feel like we can win right now. And again, like I said, to start this this little live um, podcast, I don't blame them. Because the one thing I kept saying throughout this, this offseason was, the NFC is deep in terms of, there's a lot of good teams, right? Like, I think the Cowboys are a fine team. I think the Eagles are a fine team. The 49ers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, all of them are fine teams. But I look around and I'm saying, who is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, the top dog? And I don't know if it's really there. So the Saints, what do they do? They build their roster. Now they've improved on offense in terms of playmaking uh, capabilities. The defense, I would say, will look a little different, but the talent is still overwhelming. And you're saying, hey, Jameis Winston, can you be efficient? Can you make some big plays? We saw him take care of the football last year. I think he can do that and will do that again. Now can he kind of take advantage of the weapons around and be a little bit more explosive? If he does that, all of a sudden, we're looking at a much more different Saints team. And again, I don't know if this move is a sign that the Saints aren't comfortable with Michael Thomas's health right now, or if the Saints are saying, man, we're going for this freaking thing. And I really think it's that part. I really think the Saints are looking around, and I know everyone is talking about their schedule, and, and it looks tough. And hell, I, I agree with you guys. There's a, there's a space in that schedule where, man, it's Bengals, it's Raiders, it's Ravens. It's like every big game, just one after another. If you're going to go into war, you need some damn good soldiers. And the Saints are doing that with Jarvis Landry. So I think there's no way you can look at this deal and be mad about it. It's a one-year deal. I think that benefits both parties. There's no long-term commitment to Jarvis here. And Jarvis, who's only 29, has all the motivation in the world right now to ball out, make the playoffs with the Saints, and go get your money, whether it's from New Orleans, whether it's from somewhere else. But like, that's the blueprint. When I see this type of deal go down, in my mind, I just think to myself, if I'm Jarvis Landry, this is the perfect play well, cash out in 2023 type of deal. And to do it in New Orleans where you know he's motivated, I think it's really going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Now, if you guys are listening, you want to drop a comment, question, thought, concern, do it. Because it's going to be kind of short, this one. Uh, you know, I got stuff to do today outside outside of this Jarvis Landry thing. But I wanted to hop on and talk about it with you guys because I know this is a very exciting signing. And it's one that we've been talking about for weeks now, right? Like, we've talked about, does Jarvis go to the Packers? Does he go to the Ravens? No. He comes back to Louisiana and he'll play for the Saints. So I'm excited about that. And I see Steven's asking here about OBJ commenting on Jarvis's Instagram post, making it seem like he's interested in coming home too. I did see that. I don't know if that will actually happen. Would I be against it? Absolutely not. Because after watching the way the Saints played on offense last year and the lack of weapons, all I could tell myself was, give me more weapons, give me more weapons, give me more weapons. They're doing that now. And I can't commend them enough for addressing a need. Because I think this is for everything in life. So this doesn't pertain just to the Saints, but it really pertains to them well here. I think self-evaluation is so critical with everything. And for the Saints to look at the season they had, look at the roster they had and be like, man, we got to get better at wide receiver. And they go out and they do it. I, I got to tip my cap, man. I got to tip my cap because they go out and they get one of the better draft prospects at wide receiver and they get one of the better free agent wide receivers out there. And now people like myself can't sit here and complain about wide receivers because if it doesn't work out, 
they tried, and they tried, I would say, pretty hard at fixing this problem. So I don't know if Odell Beckham's going to come through. My gut feeling would be no. I think a team like the Packers or the Rams make a lot more sense for Odell, and I think there's more touches to be had there. But make no mistake, if he wanted to go to the Saints, I would not be like, oh, man, uh, I'm against that. Like, no, I would love to see him in a Saints uniform. It's apparently a one-year deal for Jarvis. Wonder if they're seeing how he fits and then looking to sign him on a longer deal. I think it's it's a one-year deal for two reasons. A, if you're Jarvis Landry, clearly the market wasn't where he thought it would be at. So if you're him, you go to a team that needs wide receiver help. You're going to a team that you know is going to want to throw the football because the Saints are going to want to. And you're going to a team where you love the culture, you love the fit. You're checking all those boxes off. At the same time, from New Orleans' standpoint, Jarvis Landry is 29. They do have money committed long-term to Michael Thomas and now Chris Olave. I don't see the point for them to really make a long-term commitment for Jarvis. And for Jarvis's sake, I don't think it makes a, a, any sense for him to make a long-term commitment when he knows his value today might not be as high as it will be next year if he balls out with the Saints. So it's one of those, you play well, you're going to get paid well. Uh, and, and I think it makes all the sense in the world that it's one year. I'm not worried about next year and whether or not Jarvis Landry comes back. And, and the reason I say that is D.A., and Mickey Loomis are showing you today, right now, and they've shown you so many times throughout this offseason, they can give two shits about 2023. When 2023 gets here, the Saints will worry about 2023. But Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis throughout this offseason have made it abundantly clear. doesn't matter about the picks. doesn't matter about the contracts right now. They'll figure out that shit when it gets to them. Right now, they want to make sure they're in the best possible position to be a playoff-caliber team in 2022. And guess what? I'm looking at this Saints roster right now, and I'm saying if you take care of your business, whether it's divisional games, whether it's the teams that you're supposed to beat, the Saints are going to be a damn good team. At least on paper, that's what they got. Uh, and I think that's exciting, and I agree with you. I would definitely give props for DA, and I, I'll give props to Mickey Loomis too. And the reason I'm going to give props to Mickey Loomis is I remember when Sean Payton stepped down, so many of us were wondering, hey, how's Mickey going to be with this team? Like, is he going to take control? Well, it's still the same aggressive Saints. Maybe they're being a little bit more financially responsible. But to, to go out there after the draft and go get Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry, I mean, full pedal to the metal, doing what you need to do to put this team in a great spot. And I, I think right now, look, I don't know how the 2022 season is going to pan out. None of us know. It's, it's May 13th. It's Friday the 13th. That's actually kind of spooky. But seriously, I have no idea, but man, you can't not be excited about it. They go out, they get two impact players in the first round. They go get an all pro safety who we know wanted to be in Louisiana. And now they go get Jarvis Landry, who not only is that an LSU guy, it's a fit, man. It's a fit. I, I, I've always said to myself, when you look around the league, the best teams are always improving at wide receiver Rams win a Super Bowl. What do they do? They sign Allen Robinson, the chiefs, yeah, they lose Tyreek Hill. What do they do? They, dra they draft Sky Moore. They sign Valdez Scantling. They sign Juju Smith-Schuster. They'd be aggressive. The Buccaneers, they have Mike Evans. They have uh, Chris Goblin. What do they do? They go out and they get Russell Gage. Every time you look around the league, the best teams are always, always trying to get better at wide receiver because they see now more than ever, there's a lot of value at that position. There always will be value. Steelers are always drafting well at receiver, and guess what? They don't stop. This year, take George Pickens. You got to continue to address that. So I really am so happy about this move because it's showing the Saints are getting with the times because the days of relying on undrafted receivers to save your ass, that's over.
God bless how good Deontay Hardy is as an undrafted player, and I think he will make an impact this year, but you can't constantly depend on long shots to end up getting there. And I see some of you guys want Odell now. I'm totally not against it. And to your point, Caleb, all the good teams are three deep at wide receiver minimum. Just, just take the two Super Bowl teams for a sec. Bengals, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Rams, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. To your point, absolutely, Caleb. All the top teams, three deep at wide receiver. Now the Saints, three-headed monster, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. That's pretty damn scary. That's, if they all stay healthy, that is damn scary. Do I think this is the move in preparation of not having album for a stretch? No, I, I don't think so. I think this move is A, the Saints adding depth at receiver, B, showing, once again, they're going for this thing. They are going for this thing all the freaking way. And C, I think if the Saints were concerned about losing album for a bit of time, I think that will be the running back move if they make one. Um, what you guys ask, is Philip Lindsay on the table? I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've mentioned on a previous podcast, I think Daryl Williams makes a lot of sense. I think uh, Tariq Cohen makes some sense. He's a high-risk, high-reward, though, because of his injury history. I think Devontae Booker makes sense. And I think Tyson Williams, uh, who was just had his, his exclusive rights basically renowned by the, by the, uh, renounced by the Ravens, he's available. That's another running back I could see. So you can toss Philip Lindsay's name into that hat. Uh, I think that's definitely fair of you to do so. I don't know if it'll happen. I wouldn't be against it. They need depth at that position. But to go back to the main point, is Jarvis Landry, that signing, a hint that Alvin Kamara could miss time? No, I think if the Saints get a running back or two, then that's showing they're preparing for it. And I think even if Alvin's not going to miss time, they should address running back. That would be the last thing for me on the checklist that I would like to see them do. Brad asked, do you think they will trade MT soon? I could not say no faster. No, I'm serious. I, I just can't see it being so. Um, they've pushed money down the road. I think that was a clear sign that they're ready to, to play ball now with him. I think they have mended the fences. You have Dennis Allen talking about him in, in a glowing way. He said he still has a couple more hurdles to get over, but it seems like the Saints and Michael Thomas are back on the same page. Uh, there was a point, and I'll be honest with you guys, there's a point where I never thought it would happen again, but it has. And I'm thrilled about that part, but I, I do not think there's any scenario where Michael Thomas gets traded this year. Uh, I don't even know if he gets traded next year. I think the Saints have done a good job of really fixing that, that relationship with MT. I wish we had a tight end. Our offense would have been complete. Yeah, look, would I have wished the Saints have a better tight end? Yeah. But, but I look around, and, and whether it's maybe Adam Troutman developing or maybe Taysom Hill giving juice, like there are some reasons to say maybe you could hold on to hope. I don't think it's such a bleak outlook for the tight end group. But to your point, it is the weakest part of that offense. There's no set-in-stone superstar at tight end. And, and to answer that, there really aren't any tight ends on the market right now that are going to make you sit there and say, man – I think that's going to be a good fit for the Saints because at this point, all the top free agents, whether it was Gerald Everett or Evan Ingram or CJ Uzama, all those guys are pretty much gone. So unless you want to add a player like a Kyle Rudolph or a Blake Jarwin or find a way to reunite with Jimmy Graham, that's that's really all you got left. But I'm, I'm not too – like, look, the tight end market is really bad right now and the Saints at tight end aren't deep. But I look around at the rest of the team, I don't think tight end will be such a detriment where they can't get to where they want to be. Do you think Jameis is the guy to get it, gun, get it done? I see people like Skip Bayless saying Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback, but Jameis played well until his injury. Look, I think for, for me, um, and I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty soon, uh, so I'll wrap it up in about a minute or two. I think that Jameis could end up being the guy in the sense that he can get the Saints to where they want to be because I think the roster is really strong, and I think the Saints having a strong roster means there's not a lot of pressure on Jameis in terms of he's got to do so much. 
I thought that's a big thing about Jameis and a lot of young quarterbacks when they come in this league. They end up in a bad situation and they're asked to do so much. And Jameis is not going to be asked to do a lot. He's going to be asked to control the offense and move the chains efficiently and take what the defense is giving you and and understand that your special teams and your defense are going to do their thing. All you got to do is stay steady. And I think last year, Jameis did a good job of showing that only three picks through seven games was pretty consistent. They were five and two with him. I'm not a big win-loss as a QB stat. I think it's a team stat. But since it's a team game, are you asking me, can the Saints win football games with Jameis Winston? I think the answer is an absolute yes. And whether or not he can play really well, well, that's going to dictate how good this Saints team can be. Because I think if Jameis Winston plays the way he played last year, I think the Saints will be fine. If Jameis Winston can play better, that elevates their ceiling. And before I kind of wrap it up on this Jameis you know, topic here, I think with the addition of Jarvis Landry now and the addition of Chris Olave, I said this on a previous podcast, and I don't mean this as an insult at all, so if people take it that way, I think you should go look at Ryan Tannehill's stats. If Jameis Winston could be Tennessee version of Ryan Tannehill, the Saints are going to be a contender in the NFC. And I know some people are probably like, well, why the hell did you mention Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, in Tennessee exclusively, has actually been a really steady quarterback. Uh, whether you want to take his 22 touchdowns in six-pick season or his 33 touchdowns in seven-pick season, I said if Jameis can give the Saints 30 touchdowns and 13 picks, that's a damn good season. A damn good season. So he's not going to be asked to do a ton, and I think that's a good thing because I think if he takes the defense, takes what the defense given him and have those occasional shots because we know the dude can air it out, I think he'll be fine. So I, I'm really not worried about can Jameis be okay. My question is how good can he be in this offense with better weapons around him and how high do the numbers go? The Saints are going all in this year. They absolutely are. And they're giving Jameis every opportunity. And that's a good point. Like, I think the one thing I really like is we're going to get our answer, right? Can Jameis be the guy? Well, if the Saints aren't good next year and he struggles, that's our answer. And if Jameis is good next year, guess what? That allows the Saints to keep their window of being a viable contender open. So I think it's a win-win. You're going to get your response regardless of what you want. We all have our wide receivers. Jameis is going to air the ball out. The thing is, he won't get... Uh, a lot of picks because our O-line is good and our defense is great. Yeah, look, I don't think he's going to have a lot of picks. I, I've said this to, to you guys in the past, um, and if you haven't heard it before, I'll say it again. The er, the age or the time of Winston throwing a an abundance of picks, it's done. I think it's over. Uh, it was a bad phase. It was a bad fit. Him and Bruce Arians constantly throwing it downfield just didn't work. I think that phase is over. It's a new era, and I think the Saints have done a good job of, of valuing ball control. They've always done that in the Sean Payton era. I expect them to do the Dennis Allen era, especially with a defensive coach. You are going to value ball control. So I expect the Saints to, to value that. I don't expect him to be a turnover machine at all. It's a question of how high is his ceiling. If he can reach it, I, I think you got a chance. And, and I, I'll go on record to say I thought Jameis was going to play his best football before the injury happened. I thought he was starting to reach his, his potential in New Orleans, and then he gets hit with the ACL injury, and it's a shame because you never get your answer. Well, hopefully we get our answer this fall. Uh, and I see you in here. I see you in your job. Oh, let's go, man. Let's go. Um, I, I really think that for Jameis, this is, the, this is the chance. This is the moment. And I think for New Orleans, there's no way you can't be hyped about this team. And while I'm at it, before I wrap it up real quick, saints Bengals isn't a primetime game. The NFL's got time to fix that. They should fix that right now. This was pre-Jarvis Landry signing, but now also with the Jarvis Landry signing, they should fix that. saints Bengals in October, no reason why that's not a primetime game because that is that is an exciting, juicy matchup. 
Uh, but anyway, guys, it's a Friday. I got a lot of things to do for work. I just wanted to come on here, recap this Jarvis Landry signing, chat a little bit with you. Obviously, I'll chat on Twitter with you guys as well, and I'll have more content coming up because Saints rookie minicamp is about to get underway, and they've signed some of their rookies, including Olave, Penning, uh, Jordan Jackson, and DeMarco Jackson. But no bigger signing today than Jarvis Landry to the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints go from rags to riches in terms of their receiving core, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. So I really appreciate you guys hopping in on the live stream. Love chatting up with you guys. And as always, stay tuned to the Straight Up Saints podcast for more content, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.